When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for being a part of the show. We'll go till 8 o'clock tonight. What an exciting day. Really, really cool to be back at the Lakers training facility. we got a lot to get into, uh, obviously, on tonight's show. Uh, just a quick uh, reminder here. Jovan Buha covers the Lakers for the Athletic, was down there earlier today as well. He'll come on at 7.30. We'll talk some Lakers basketball with him. Um, I want to kind of start off the show with this, so... I got some quotes from Darvin Ham that um, I want to get into. I'm going to spend some time talking about the big surprise at the presser earlier today. Who would have known that Russell Westbrook was going to be in attendance? What does that whole thing mean? Um, I I got some uh, priorities here of kind of what to do moving forward here with the Lakers and how Palenka falls into into play on this and some reports earlier that Rasheed Wallace could become uh, part of the assistant coaching staff. So, We got a lot to get into. When I say I want to just reflect for a quick second, so um, season ended, what was it, April 10th, last game of the year. We already knew the Lakers were eliminated. They win that last game against Denver. What a go in overtime, and um, the Lakers finished the season 33-49. and Vogel, the reports were already coming out that Vogel was going to get, uh, he was going to be let go, and then the next day the Lakers made it official after their, after their exit meetings. Since then, kind of been pretty quiet, right? We uh, were waiting for what the Lakers were going to do in the coaching search. We were waiting to see what happens next. That was the first domino that we thought was going to fall. Uh, a week plus ago, they announced that, uh, or we it was reported it was going to be Darvin Hammond, and today it's official. Um, let, let me just say this. I, I love the story around Darvin Ham. I really do. And I think today was a fantastic example to kind of get to know somebody that you probably don't know. Uh, Darvin Ham played in the league for eight years. Um, he's certainly a, a journeyman. Um, he's been an assistant coach for 11 years, was part of the coaching staff with the Lakers for two years. But he spent really the last eight years under Mike Budenholzer of the uh, of the Milwaukee Bucks, was there with him in Atlanta. Almost got a little emotional when he was talking about how much uh, he appreciates his experience with uh, with Coach Bud. And here he is now. The keys to the Los Angeles Lakers organization. And sitting today and kind of getting to tell, getting a chance to hear his story, um, him giving an opportunity to get some insight, right? What, what's this guy thinking? Uh, how, how does he envision having the keys? It's one thing to be an assistant. It's a completely different thing as we know to be a head coach in the NBA. And you're not taking over just any team. You're taking over the Los Angeles Lakers. It's arguably the most popular franchise in sports, period. Not talking the NBA. I'm talking sports, period. The Cowboys, the Yankees, though the Dodgers in that mix, of course the Lakers, Red Sox, Manchester United, Real Madrid. There are some franchises that when you mention that that franchise name, everybody turns and says, oh, yeah, yeah, that's – yeah, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. And that's what Darvin Ham has taken over. Um, some quotes that I really, really liked from Darvin Ham. 
and I'm not even I'm not even reading full quotes, just words that he used a number of different times during his about half hour presser, and then he was nice enough to come up with us. Travis and I were doing our show from there till one o'clock. He was nice enough to spend about ten minutes with uh, Travis and I. Uh, these are the words. These are the 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 phrases, the words that just stuck out to me: accountability, sacrifice, competitive, togetherness, fearless, facts over feelings. Um, I'll read one quote. He said, "We have a saying: facts over feelings." And once you see the film. Once you see the film, that's a fact. You missed your assignment. Then has that has to be pointed out because if I can't point it out to one of the big three, then the last man or someone in the rotation, they're not going to take what we're doing seriously. Um, listen, I, I don't know. I can't predict what's going to happen this off season. I can't predict what's going to happen this upcoming year with the Lakers. I can't predict if it's going to get better, if it's going to get worse. I can't predict if he's the perfect fit or he's not the right fit. I can't. All I can do is just kind of give you my opinion of what I've seen so far. Um, it's You haven't played a game, so there's nothing to describe or there's nothing to compare anything to right now. He's never been a head coach anywhere else, so I can't say, well, remember that stint with the Magic or the – the Pelicans or the Grace. I don't have any of that. All I have is assistant coach um, as in his resume. But damn, is this a guy that you kind of feel, I think he's going to be an easy dude to root for. Let's put it that way. Um, the man means business. You know, it's it's funny. When, when you get a chance to see some of these guys, you forget Darvin Ham, for those who are old enough to remember just his days in the league, and I, I mean old enough as in he's 65, the dude's 48 years old, but he wasn't a household name, but he comes in and he does the interview. Um, he's all business. He's professional. <laughs> he looks like a freaking solid rock. He really does. And I, 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 you almost in a sense, it's when you kind of see him in person. I almost want to, you know, if I'm slouching, I want to, I want my back to get, uh, sit up a little straighter. You know, I want to listen to what this guy has to say. And he had a lot of moments, in my opinion, that. Um, that stood out to me. So the question now becomes, how much can he actually change? How much can he change? Um, I think he will have an impact on these players. I think when you have a quote of, you know, the, the challenging the big three, the it, help holding LeBron accountable the same way he's going to hold the other ones, the other guys responsible. All that stuff seems like it's incredibly important. Last season, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm not trying to take shots at Coach Vogel. I'm not. I have no reason to. Coach Vogel helped the Lakers win championship number 17. He should re- be remembered in Lakers history for that. I, I don't know how to describe last year, but damn, was it a frustrating season. And, you know, when I was just a fan, which I still a fan of the Los Angeles Lakers, um, but you guys know what I'm talking about. If the game's not going good, you know what you do? You change the radio station. You change the channel. We can't exactly do that if you're uh, if if you're in the broadcast. And I will, I will tell you firsthand for those that at times are like, I can't take it. They're down 25 against a team that they should beat. I'm going to turn the channel. There were plenty of times last year that I questioned a lot of that stuff, where they lacked an identity. All of them. LeBron, AD, and Russ, 
You know, I was mentioning to Travis earlier today as well. LeBron had a great season. LeBron also had moments where I'm like, well, if LeBron's not going to get back and play defense, well, nobody on the squad's going to get back and play defense. Um, Russ had plenty of those moments where he misses a layup on one end, and as he's spending time negotiating with the referee why he didn't get called, uh, why a foul wasn't called, the Memphis Grizzlies are scoring on the other end. So there was always this thing with the Lakers, and I I, I don't want to get, you know, too deep into it, but I'm very curious what the preseason looks like, what training camp looks like, because you guys know what I'm talking about here. There was never a sense of urgency last season, and I felt like the team walked away. They, they walked as if they were better than they really were. And I only point that out because you can. there's early signs when you have a squad of whether you think, hey, you know what? Maybe we lost this game, but I like the way this team plays. Hey, maybe you know, maybe we're we started off two and two, or we started off two and four. But damn, does it look like give this team a month, they're going to look a certain way? It's still so early now; we don't even know what the heck the rest of the roster is going to look like, and that's going to take some time for us to get there. But for me, um, those are the type of things that I took away from last season. And can a coach change all that? To an extent. I think if he has the respect of the players, I think if the players um, truly want to fight for him, I think you could see it. And I think at other times that's not always the case. Um, And don't get me wrong, the roster has a lot to do with this. What Rob Palenka does the rest of the way, how he fills up the rest of the roster, all that stuff's going to be so critical. All that stuff's going to be so key. But also, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to how... Um, you know, moving forward under Darvin Ham, if we're going to see just a different type of sense of urgency that I never felt like we saw last year. And, of course, I think there are plenty of times it was easy to say that. Coach Vogel, he lost the room. And, you know, at, at one point when he was with the Lakers, he had the room. And I felt like at many points uh, last season, he didn't have the room. So how much Darvin Ham is going to be able to kind of impact that, how much he's going to be able to change that culture. The approach, I have a feeling, is going to be completely different. Um, and I think this is, uh, you know, obviously also going to be something that is we're not going to know until the season actually starts, but I'm excited to see what, what it could become. Okay, so the most interesting piece of the presser to me was who was in attendance. Russell Westbrook in the house. I was a little surprised. i got to be honest with you. I really was. I, I um you know, you don't really know what to expect in some of these. I remember when Frank Vogel got hired, whatever that was, X amount of years ago, LeBron was there. And that's, you know, that's a that's impactful. That's a big piece. LBJ is coming to the presser. There's so many question marks around Russ this offseason. Are the Lakers going to keep him? Are they not going to keep him? Are they just um, – is the – I listen, I was doing the show last week, and I kept saying – you're going to tell me they're going to stop at a 2027 first rounder. Uh, they've gone all in for the last four years. This is where they, they hold the line. And I was saying that I don't buy it. After seeing Russ today, how much of a conversation he was um, with some of the reporters and the questions, Darvin Ham going out of his way to talk about him. Um, maybe the, the Lakers are thinking in, in their head that, you know what, no, this isn't a bluff. Russ will be back. And this is the squad that we're going to bring back. And it's going to be a matter of trying to build around Russ, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. I want to spend a little time on 
what I think it meant to have Russ at that presser today, and then also uh, some quotes from Darvin Ham on Russ, how he thinks he will be used, areas that he's going to have to sacrifice on. So we'll get into all that coming up next. If you guys want to be a part of the show, uh, if you want to just give your opinion, what do you think of the presser today? What do you think of Darvin Ham's first appearance as head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers? Or if there are other um, other things that you notice that you want to bring up, feel free to do so. Phone number is 877-710-ESPN. Again, 877-710-ESPN. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, awesome, awesome setup earlier today. Uh, thank you to everyone at the Lakers, Tanisha Cooper, Lisa Estrada, everyone from 710 ESPN. Fantastic. We were up in that bracket. We had such a cool little scene on the second floor of El Segundo at the UCLA Health Lakers training facility and just got a chance to oversee the entire facility. It's, it's kind of funny because every time I go there, and it could be for a practice, or it's really not that often anymore since we would go – Pre-COVID, it was kind of frequent for practices and stuff like that. But since then, really, you know, you're almost never there. Every time you walk into this place, you're like, what the heck is going on here? Look at all these freaking banners. Um, look up at the office of where Genie Bus is, and you see all the championship trophies just hanging there. Look at the the names around all the walls. Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, you know, just kind of Korean Blue Bar. Go down the list. Um, it's always cool being there and to broadcast. I mean, we got there. We're there at 9.30, 9.15, whatever it was. They're not going to go live until noon with the pressers. So just being kind of watching everything, all the behind the scenes was awesome. And one of the things that stood out to me, I mentioned this, arguably the most interesting piece, I was surprised Russ was there. I really was. Um, you know, all the conversation about Russ during the season, all the conversation about Russ after the season, Russ's pressure in the exit meeting, it didn't sound like Russ was, you know, potentially coming back with the Lakers. And this could have to do with a number of things. Like I said, maybe this says that the Lakers, maybe they're not bluffing that, hey, we're not going to give up any draft compensation. Uh, maybe that the, it says that the Lakers truly believe that they can make this work with a new voice, a new coach. Maybe it says that the Lakers still have faith in Russ individually on this team and what he brings to the table. Um, maybe it means the Lakers have no choice. I, I really, I, I can't tell you, I can't make out what the Lakers' plan is or how they view Russ. But what I will tell you is Russ was there listening to Darvin Ham and showing love for the new head coach of the Lakers. I'm going to read off a quote here that um, uh, that Darvin Ham had. One of his quotes was, Russ is one of the best players our league has ever seen. There's still a left. Uh, there's still a ton left in the tank. Here's another one. It goes on kind of a little bit more here. Russ and I had some really, really great one-on-one -on -one conversations. And the biggest word I think that came out of that, those discussions, was sacrifice. I'm going to expect him 
to be the same tenacious, high-energy player that he's been his entire career. A lot of that now may have with him, a lot of that now may have him without the ball in his hand. Most of it now may have it on the defensive end, but again, we have to sacrifice. There's no achieving anything without all parties sharing the load, sacrificing sacrificing instead of one-on-one. I got a couple things from Darvin Ham. By the way, this is going to be part of his job. I'm sure You know, it was reported at one point that um, a lot of the candidates that were coming in to potentially uh, interview for the job, the question was coming up about Russ. Hey, how would you use Russ? It wasn't... We're trying to trade Russ, and it's, you know, obviously that's not a conversation that's going to be had public anyways. Darvin Ham talked specific about Russ. You know what I didn't hear in his press conference when talking about Russ? It wasn't one of those, well, we're going to let Russ be Russ. It wasn't one of those, um, let's let Russ do what he's done throughout his entire career because not every circumstance is the same. And there are plenty of times last season I could give you as an example. I talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, there were times where I hated Russ's body language. I did. And by the way, it wasn't just Russ. There was other players on the team. And maybe that was because your squad, the squad kept losing or you're getting blown out in games or just the body language was awful. Darvin Ham mentioned two things in that quote where he's talking about Russ. Sacrifice playing without the ball in his hand and trying to be the player that he was back in the days on the defensive end. You know what that sounds like? Sounds like a role player. Doesn't sound like a franchise player. Now, the finances would tell you that's a that's a uh that's a franchise player. 47 million dollars would tell you that that's a franchise player. But it's the situation that the Lakers are in and frankly it's a situation that Russ is in too. Because if there isn't a situation that makes sense for the Lakers, I would argue, okay, we'll keep exploring that. We saw enough. There were 21 games played last year. Is all of a sudden, is Russ going to become an 18-foot jump shot? Is all of a sudden his, he's going to become solid from 18 feet or 22? I don't think that's going to change. But I guess there's other areas that they feel that if Russ is one of the best defenders on the Lakers, okay, now you have some value again. Or Russ is better off the ball than he is with the ball. Okay, now you have some value again. One of the things that Russ has kind of put himself in a position, and I always, I always talk about this when, when you look at guys on the basketball floor, I just use sports as an example um, and just use basketball as an example. Are you affecting the game one way or the other? There's a lot of times guys, um, they don't have their, their jumpers not going, but they, damn it, they find a way to affect the game. They're going to help swing the game one way or, or the other, in, in obviously in favor of, of the team that they're representing. I didn't feel that with Russ last year. I think there were a lot of games it's like, all right, things aren't going good. Eh, here's another turnover. Eh, we'll get back on defense when, you know, not when we want to. But you, you see what I'm saying, that it kind of, instead of it hopefully motivating him towards, well, i got to find other areas to contribute. And I think that's what Darvin Ham is alluding to. Play defense, play off the ball, sacrifice and again, I want to, I want to, I don't want to isolate Russ because Russ is not the reason why the Lakers were 33 and 49. There were a lot of issues that the Lakers had last year. It was actually unfair to put as much blame as people did on Russ. It was the easy target to go after him. But if he's going to be on your roster and he's going to continue to be on this team, that description does not tell me 
that Russ would be a franchise player. He'd be more of a role player. How much of that will he accept? How much of that will his skill set allow for him to thrive? I don't have that answer. I really don't. I wish I did. I just don't. Uh, But that's something that I think stood out to me was not only that Russ was there, and I do think it means something that he was there. I don't think it's nothing by any stretch of the imagination. But I also think how many questions were geared towards that, how Darvin responded to it, I thought was uh, I thought was interesting. All right, let's take a couple phone calls here. Phone number is 877-710-ESPN. Daniel in Santa Monica. Daniel, what's going on? Thank you for calling in. Good evening, Sleep. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I just wanted to chime in real quick on Russ here. You know, I, I was, you know, I was right. I was with you and, and what Darvin was saying too. Like before the season started last year, I was so excited to see Russ be just a terror off the ball. And I think, I think one thing he proved to us last year is that maybe either he wasn't willing to or just didn't know how to to move without the ball and you know and be that he'd been his whole career. Um, but I guess my question to you is, you know, you're you're close to the team and you're way closer than, than all of us. I mean, give, don't give me the politically correct answer, please. Tell me, tell me for real. Like, if if uh, Darvin's going to put him as a role player, which I do agree, he should come off the bench and he should fill those little spots, right? But like, 47 million for a role player, like, why not just try to, I mean, package him for like two or three, like that Indiana, like trade you mentioned that's that's if that was true i'll tell you why you really really think that's good like doesn't really make sense though right like daniel let let me tell you why and i appreciate you calling in so here's here's the thing and i i have stressed this and i've said this since the season ended and i want to remind people i'm i'm somebody that a year ago was um i was in favor of when that trade went down i didn't think they were giving up too much um I thought there was going to be this, hey, Braun can take a little bit of a back seat while Russ and AD can carry you through the regular season. And by the time you get to the postseason, Braun is ready to go. Now you got these three working together. I, I thought there was some I, – I thought there – I didn't think I was crazy to say that. Well, it turned out I was a little bit crazy because it didn't work out. Nothing worked out last year. AD played less than half the season. Um you know, Braun was doing what he was doing, but who cares? You were 16 games below 500. As much as he was trying to put on a show, the only show Laker fans care about, are you tallying up Ws? Are you competing for a championship? The answer was no. And then Russ was, I couldn't have, if you said what's the worst scenario that Russ has with the Lakers, I don't think I could have written a worse scenario than what actually happened. So when you're asking the question of why aren't they just packaging – packaging him somewhere i'm gonna i'll list out a couple reasons number one you don't know whether they are or they're not they could be and they could have and every other team out there could have just said you use indiana as an example what if the pacers just simply came back and said we're not interested in russ and his contract we're not interested okay well or or what if the pacers came back and said it's your first in 2027 your first in 2029 throw us tht as well Basically, we'll take every asset that you have left and we'll take uh, Russ off your hands. You don't know what the other side's looking like. Um, a little bit later in the show, i got Jovan Buha coming up in about five minutes or so. Um, but a little bit later in the show, I'll talk about Palenka's responsibility in all this. And it's not talked enough about. We could have sat there all day long and you know listened to Darvin Ham for three hours if we wanted to. 
as much as Darvin Ham will try to have an impact on this team, it's what Palenka does with the rest of the roster. So I, I will I, – I, for those who are – you know, proponents of maybe maybe after today you feel a little better and say, you know what, maybe there is some hope keeping Russ on the squad. Or maybe you're still at the same way you were since, I don't know, the, the end of the season, whatever the case was, you want Russ to be moved, takes two to tango. So even if the Lakers would like to move him, there is no guarantee, obviously, that there's a, uh, a taker on the other side of that. Let me squeeze in one more quick call here. Let's go to Dan in Arcadia. What's going on, Dan? Uh, thanks for taking my call. I want to know, will Darvin Ham coach the Laker Summer League team to get to know the reserve players and put in his system? Uh, Appreciate your comment. It's a good question. I guess we'll find out about that. I will say today, he had some of the young guys there. When I got there, Stanley Johnson was shooing around. For the presser, I saw Wendy and Gabriel. I saw Austin Reeves, and I saw Russ. Um, So... Will he get some opportunities? I'll, I'll tell you this, whether he's at Summer League or not, and I don't have an answer, and I guess that's something that we'll, we'll find out. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of those guys that are inside of that training facility a lot earlier than training camp or whenever they can, right, to shoot around or to practice or once they sign their deals or whatever the case is. I wouldn't be surprised if um, – you see a lot of those younger players certainly in there, and then we'll see what happens with the rest of the roster. Okay, uh, Jovan Buha covers the Lakers for The Athletic. He's coming up here in just a few minutes. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Back on tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers at 10 a.m. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max will start at 6 a.m. I'm sure the conversation will continue on the Lakers presser today. I want to welcome in Yovan Buha, the athletic. Covers the Lakers for the athletic. Taking some time to join the show. Uh, Yovan, uh, first off, hope uh, you're doing good. I I want to get uh, right into it. So... The earlier today, we got a chance to hear from Darvin Ham, Rob Palenka. Give me some highlights. I know you're there and uh, asking your own questions. What what stood out to you? What do you kind of walk away from in that uh, half hour, forty five minute presser or so? I thought Darvin Ham said basically all the right things. You know, this was everything Laker fans wanted to hear. Uh, you know, first off, I think he talked about uh, modernizing the offense, playing a four out, one in. 
system, which to me indicates more Anthony Davis at center, which Laker fans have been clamoring for, you know, all three years AD has been in LA, uh, you know, defensively getting back to the championship identity that uh, helped them win the title a, a couple of years ago. Um, and then, you know, I think the, the big elephant in the room was Russell Westbrook was, you know, at the press conference standing some 40 feet away from, uh, you know, the Darvin Ham, right? And uh, Darvin was asked, uh, you know, several tough questions about Westbrook. And, uh, you know, he, he backed him up, but he also, you know, said, I'm going to, you know, uh, you know, ask uh, for accountability and sacrifice from him. And, uh, you know, he was asked a question about Russ coming off the bench, and he, he kind of deflected that one. Uh, but he did say, that you know he again he's had several conversations with with Westbrook already uh it seems like the Lakers are going to focus more on the defensive end with him as well as figuring out ways to use him off the ball and that was stuff that the Lakers had said heading into last season obviously that didn't play out that way um but it it seems like you know Ham is emboldened he he has a four-year deal you know he's likely to be a Laker longer than Russ is so I think that the Lakers have, have kind of put the right support in that if Russ ends up staying in LA, uh, I think Ham will have a you know better chance of, of getting more out of him than Frank Vogel is able to. He also mentioned uh, you know figuring out some type of maintenance plan for LeBron and Russ and uh, making sure those guys stay healthy during the season. And then I think you know one of the more important things was saying AD is kind of the key to all this. He was like LeBron is LeBron, Russ is Russ. You kind of know what to expect from those guys. But AD is the guy that has to get back to that 2019-20 version. Um, and if you look at AD's averages over the last couple of years, they've been really good, but they have not been at the historic level we saw. And this was a guy who many people were saying is the next Tim Duncan, the next Kevin Garnett. And we saw that in that 2019-20 uh, run to, to the title. But getting AD playing more center and, and getting him back to the level he was at a couple of years ago I think will be huge for the Lakers trying to return to contention. Yovan, let me go back to Russ here real quick because I, I think you you had a number of good points there on the Russ piece. Do you feel today? I I don't know how you felt 24 hours ago about the chances or Russ's future with the Lakers. Do you feel different today? Do you feel more of hey, you know what? No, this there's probably a much stronger likelihood that he is a part of the roster and that the Lakers are going to depend on Darvin Ham to try to get the best out of him. Um, do, you, do you feel different today than you did this time yesterday? I, I feel different in the sense that I think it's an increasing possibility. I don't feel different in my confidence that it will work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, to, to me, uh, I recently wrote this, like, it's hard for me to see the Lakers being higher than like a six or seven seed if they bring Russ back. I just don't, it's, you know, they were 11 and 10 with the big three and, you know, basically any way you spin the lineup data and, you know, I'm a big lineup guy and analytics, like it was all negative. There was really nothing positive. You can say that there was no like, Oh, well, like in these five games or in these 10 games, like this was encouraging. It was like, no, like the, the Russ data across the board was negative that, you know, you, you can spin it how like you can try to spin it in your head, but really there was nothing to indicate we can figure this out. I mean, I think the the one thing was that when the Lakers played smaller, the lineup data was better, but it was, it was still a negative. So I, I guess, you know, 
that that's encur- you know that's encouraging if you're not playing Dwight Howard or DeAndre Jordan in the middle. Um, but but still, it was a, a net negative, even with AD at center. You know, LeBron at center was the one thing, but we, we know that's not sustainable. That they can't do that for 48 minutes a night. So, um, you know, I, I do think that part of it to me is, is also posturing. Where if you're the Lakers, it, it's kind of game theory, right? Where if you're trying to flip Russ, you are not. You know, he, he's a bit of a distressed asset, and you can't. You know, you, you kind of have to. Uh, hype him up a bit and say, you know, this is someone that we're committed to. This is someone that we think we can build with. This is someone who fits with this roster. We're going to use him in different ways. We're confident in him. Um, so, so you know, whether that or not that's true that they actually believe that um, and, and whether or not he's capable of making those changes, I think the Lakers have to do their due diligence and say those things as they try to trade him. But, um, you know, I, I reported last week that, you know, as of now that the conversations they've had with teams – teams are demanding a first round pick and I don't think the Lakers are willing to do that yet. So it's, it's kind of become a game of chicken. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess to, to get back to your question, like I do think that the odds of him staying are higher, but I'm still not very confident that that's a good thing for the Lakers. So I think whether it's sooner or later, they're going to have to flip him. And at that point, I, I think, you know, I would be more confident in whatever the team looks like then. Jovan Buha of The Athletic, take the time to uh, join uh, Lakers Talk, covers the Lakers for The Athletic. Jovan, you, you talked about, um, you're, you're right, and Darvin Ham, part of his was the Anthony Davis piece of it. And I, I don't want to say it gets lost, but damn, how many times were we talking about Russ last season or Vogel last year or the, the roster, this, that. And maybe we just didn't bring up Anthony Davis enough. I probably haven't brought him up enough in the offseason. Um, Darvin Ham was with the Bucks, and for four years he was coaching Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis, uh, one of the first uh, guys to come out and tweet about how Darvin Ham is obviously going to be, he's happy for him and everything else. And there's certain characteristics. I'm not trying to make these exact comparisons here. But there are certain characteristics and certain um, terms that Darvin Ham used, whether it was accountability, togetherness, competitive, fearless, all these things that I think describe um, who Darvin Ham is and his time with the Milwaukee Bucks and kind of the culture that they built there. How much do you think Darvin Ham can help Anthony Davis, even though this is somebody that's he's not three, four years in the league? This is uh, he's 10 years in the league. How much do you think he can impact AD? You you must have read my mind because that was almost the exact question I asked at the intro presser today uh, of just, you know, one, you know, it was a two-part question, but first it was, you know, you, you worked with Bud for nine years. What do you plan on implementing from what you learned from him? And then the second part was you have AD and even LeBron, I think, to some extent, though, obviously, I think there's more similarity with AD and Giannis. Like, how, you know, how did working with Giannis inform how you're going to work with AD and LeBron? And, he, you know, he, he said that to, to him, uh, you know, he, he, he ignored the, the, the LeBron part of the question and focused on AD and was like, you know, with AD and Giannis, you give those guys spacing and they can basically score one-on-one against anybody. Like, you get those guys close to the basket, they're going to score. It's just about creating high percentage looks and, and putting the right players and pieces around them and, and making sure they have the proper spacing. So I, I think, again you know, that, that four out one in system, uh, that was not something the Lakers did last year. And, you know, that, that was, there's a lot of two or three guys 
you know, inside the arc and in, in kind of around the, the paint and the rim. And, um, you know, that used to work in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. But with the way the game is played now, it's really difficult to be a good team, you know, starting two centers, you know, essentially two centers, AD and DeAndre, AD and Dwight. Um, like you have to, to adapt. And uh, they, they did adapt it sometimes, you know, last season. And I actually thought it kind of worked. And then they, they went away from that for at various points. So um, all indications to me are, are the Lakers are going to look to put as much spacing as, as possible around AD and, and really look for ways to replicate some of that success that Giannis has had in, in the paint. You know, uh, the, the past couple of years has, has been uh, the, the leading scorer in the paint. Uh, AD was among the league leaders last year. And I think, uh, you know, kind of looking to, to create some of those easy looks for him because we've seen it. Like when AD posts up, when, when he's rolling to the basket, he's a monster. It's when he's settling for jumpers and, and, you know, kind of playing in the mid range that he's not as effective. So I, I think the Lakers, but uh, you know, part of that is because they were playing another center or because Russ, you know, w- w- was trying to get into the paint. And if Russ is driving, AD sometimes has to pop out and, I think, you know, the Lakers focus of their offense should be, well, let's get good looks for Anthony Davis because we have this seven foot monster who can score against anybody. So uh, I'm with you. Like, I think that that's going to be really interesting to see kind of what they do on both ends. Right. Cause there's also the defensive end where the bucks have been one of the best defensive teams in the league, you know, under Budenholzer for the last few years and obviously won a championship a couple of years ago. So uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by all this. And I think 80 and Giannis, they're probably the two most similar guys to each other in the league, right? I, I don't think there's another guy that, that you can kind of compare to either one of them. Uh, and Giannis has become, you know, better and better every season. So uh, I'm interested to see what Darwin Ham could do with AD. Jovan, the uh, Palenka piece of this, and I know a lot of the attention, as it should have been, was going towards Darvin Ham, becomes the head coach of the Lakers. What, what, what do you? Th- I mean, a, a coach obviously will try to do everything he can in his power. Ultimately, Palenka is responsible for putting the roster together. Let's assume LeBron, AD, and uh, and Russ are starting training camp. What, what do you think becomes the biggest priorities for Palenka between now and the time training stamps uh, training camp starts? Uh, I think the Lakers uh, offensively need to. Uh, I mean, I think th- there's a few things. One. You know, internal improvement would help, and I know the young guys have been working out together. So Austin Reeves, Wenyan Gabriel, Stanley Johnson, Malik Monk, all those guys have been working out a, a few days a week in, in the gym together. So I, I think those guys all getting better and taking steps, especially as shooters. You know, I, I think for su- several of those guys, Taylor, Austin, Stanley, the primary thing holding them back right now is their three-point shooting. Yep. All, all three guys are, are below average three-point shooters. So you get those guys to average or even close to average and I, I think all three of those guys become more valuable uh you know we, we saw austin can, can kind of do a little bit of everything stanley's obviously an energy guy a defensive guy um you know Taylor is a really good ball, you know ball handler can get to the rim create his own shot uh so so all those guys i, I think you know Ken, kendrick nunn being the, the you know their primary for agency addition last offseason didn't even play a game you know and then getting him back so like i think there's some chance for internal improvement which is some of the guys that they already have but in terms of guys that they can actually add, I think offensively, uh, again, you, you need shooting. LeBron and AD are going to live in the paint, and, and Russ as well. So you need shooting around those guys. And that was kind of the thinking with last year's roster. Obviously, it didn't really pan out. And then defensively, I think you need length and athleticism and size. I, I think you see the, the teams in the finals right now, Golden State and Boston can go small while kind of staying big. Hmm. You know, the, the bigs that they do have, 
are mobile, athletic, can switch on the perimeter, but but it's just a lot of limbs, a lot of long arms, and, and switchability and versatility. And I think the Lakers had that in that 2019-20 season, a little bit less, but but still kind of in that 2020-2021 season, but definitely did not have that last year. So uh, again, you know, guys like Stanley, Talon, Austin, I think can fit into that. But it, you know, w- with their taxpayer mid-level exception, which is worth about 6.3 million dollars, I'm looking at can I get a 3 and D wing who can start next to LeBron and AD? Uh, and then can I, uh, you know, find some, uh, you know, other guys that are athletic and young. And uh, I think the one, you know, the Lakers might not be able to say, Hey, we're necessarily contender uh, kind of depending on the moves they make, but they can say, Hey, we, you know, we can offer you a lot of playing time. And if you're a guy like, like one of my favorite targets is Otto Porter, who's I, I think had a really you know, solid season with golden state, uh, you know, Otto Porter is playing 18, 20 minutes a night with Golden State. With the Lakers, he might be playing 30, 32 minutes a night. So, you know, hey, come come here for a year. You know, you'll be a starter. You'll play more minutes, and you can get a bigger contract with, with your next deal. So uh, I think the Lakers can offer opportunity and, and playing time and role the way that some other contenders can't. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of got to be their goal is just get, you know, better shooting uh, around their guys offensively and then defensively look for that length and, and those guys in that six 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 nine range. Those guys are expensive. Those guys are tough to find. So it's, it's, it's not an easy task, but you, you got to hit on a couple of them. You do that, I think they're they're right back in the mix. Jovan, fantastic stuff, buddy. Always appreciate you joining the show, your insights, uh, your coverage on the Lakers. So thank you for doing it. All right, bud? Yes, sir. Talk to you soon. All right, that is Jovan Buha right there, The Athletic. Things are heating up at Harris Resort SoCal. Head to Funner, California this summer to dine at the country's largest Hell's Kitchen restaurant. Learn more at harrissocal.com. We appreciate their partnership on Lakers Talk, and thank you again to Jovan. We come back, we'll give our final thoughts. Got a couple things here. I want to hit on the AD portion of this that Jovan just mentioned, uh, plus... There is a um, former NBA player that's being rumored to potentially be part of the head coaching or assistant coaching staff of Darvin Ham. What kind of impact can he have on Anthony Davis? We'll do all that coming up next. Uh, plus, I want to just give my quick little opinion on the NBA Finals. Stay right here at Lakers Talk 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, thank you to Yovan. Um, Let me squeeze in another quick call here. Let's go to John in Ontario. What's going on, John? Hey, Alex. Um, hope you're doing well. Um, you know, I just wanted to say about the AD thing. I think he's the key to this whole thing, like Darvin suggested. I think um, utilizing him with the correct personnel and like giving him the proper spacing on the offensive end totally unleashes his uh, – can totally unleash his skill. But, yeah, he's the key trio LeBron. John, we're, we're, we're kind of – we're losing you a little there, buddy. I, I'm going to play off of what you just said there. And you're talking about Anthony Davis, how how important he obviously is going to be for the Lakers. Um, you're right. And, you know, here's the reality. The Lakers won a championship when Anthony Davis was healthy. I know I'm going to simplify this, and maybe it's not fair to simplify it like this. Um, 
they won a championship when he was healthy inside of that Orlando bubble. No one could stop LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The following year, everybody just assumed, hey, if AD comes back healthy and you take on the Phoenix Suns that ended up making it to the NBA Finals, Lakers are going to beat the Suns. They went up two games to one. He got healthy, or he got injured. It was a wrap after that. And then last season, again, he's played less than half of the games the last two seasons. So it could be as simple as that. But the one thing that I kind of pointed on this, um, there was a a report earlier, and actually Darvin Ham was asked about this, um, former NBA player vet Rasheed Wallace was is rumored to be an assistant coach for the Lakers. You guys know Rasheed Wallace. You guys remember what kind of player he was in this league. Always played with a chip on his shoulder, liked the physicality. We remember him because he was on the Blazers when the Lakers beat them in seven games. He was on the Pistons. Obviously, the Detroit Pistons won an NBA championship. He was on the Celtics when the Lakers won in seven games against the Celtics with Kobe and Powell. So we got some history with Rasheed. He played the game with a certain style, obviously plays the four spot. He plays uh, the power forward spot. Uh, back in the days, played the power forward spot. I was mentioned, uh, I, I spent some time when I was talking to Jovan on this. Um, I think the Darvin Ham thing and watching the the way Giannis has continued to get better every single You know how many times we used to compare Anthony Davis to Giannis Attentacumpo? There's no comparison anymore. Don't don't waste your breath on trying to compare the two players. Giannis has taken his game to a completely different level, and he's looking down towards where Anthony Davis is because he's not on his level. So um, the attention that needs to go, we spent a lot of time, I get it, on Russ and what are the Lakers going to do a coach, what are they going to do a free agency. Really what we probably could be telling ourselves is, is AD healthy, then the Lakers got a legit shot to do some um, damage. I think, right? They were 16 games below 500, so they got a lot to prove. If he's not healthy, you don't really have anything, and the AD piece of this is obviously going to be key this upcoming season. Mark and San Dimas. Mark, what's going on? Thank you for calling in. Hey, you're putting in the extra hours. You're doing great. Thank you, man. I appreciate um, it. Look, look, Palinka. Oh, please. I mean, you know, he's the ultimate leech hanging on to Jeannie Buss and Kobe, and he is not qualified. I agree with you. You need to talk about him, but. I believe in the business theory of buy low and sell high. Is there a higher point you can get right now than you could get for AD? Is there a higher point you can get for LeBron? You cannot sign LeBron for another year and another 50. That's 100 mil, and AD is going to get hurt again. You can get something for these guys. Don't take the easy way out and keep the team together. Take advantage of their health now. Sell high, sell high, sell high. Thanks. Appreciate you calling in. But I'm, I'm, a couple of things I'm confused about. Number one, we obviously know that's not their game plan. Um, number two, you know, I, I would argue, we've had this argument before. Travis and I talk about this in the morning. A lot of times we'll do crosstalk, Mesa and Island, and we're talking about the direction of the franchise. Um, why not find out what next year is going to be? You know, you, you don't have many opportunities and windows where you have a couple of stars and you got a legitimate chance. When I say legitimate, I, look, we can go into next year. LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russ could play 75 games together, and the Lakers could be a 500 team. I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. I know the Western Conference is getting better. I know the Western Conference is obviously um, you, you got a list of teams that are either on the up and up or are already there and are going to be hanging around in the West for a couple of years. 
I'm not in the belief of just and selling on the high. What? How is how is Anthony Davis playing half the season over the last two years? Selling on the high. I don't know how you'd be selling on the high. I think you'd actually be selling on the low. Um, if the idea is to kind of build up stock again, well, I, I don't think you're going to build up stock based upon what he did over the last couple of years. But I do think he's a you know obviously a key key piece. Uh, he's the most important piece. Period. Because Russ has a skill set that can only do so much. Actually, Darvin Ham, that's what he said on AD. His skill set, his size, his defensive acumen, his relentlessness uh, defensively is key. He's going to be the foundation for the type of standard we set. We need consistency out of Anthony Davis. We need him to be healthy playing championship-level basketball. So that's from Darvin Ham. There's no secret how important he is to the franchise and if the Lakers go anywhere, how key he's going to be. Um, okay, real quick here. NBA Finals. Series tied one apiece. Just want to get into this here real quick as we come to a wrap here on the show. Um, you know, it's interesting so far. Uh, the best way that I can describe it's interesting so far um, what I've seen because I think both teams can feel a certain way about themselves. Boston can walk away like, hey, we're tied one apiece. We got one in Golden State. We're good to go. Golden State can walk away saying we just demolished the Celtics in game two. I think both teams probably are like, eh, we're okay with the situation. Um, it, it's, it's. I will say this. It's a tough series to read. I don't know which Boston team to believe. Is it the one that everybody contributed and uh, and they won in game one? Or was it game two where they just couldn't find a way to score at all and there really was no consistency? They had a lot of careless, careless turnovers. I don't know which one that you're going to get. I think I have a better idea with, with what the Warriors are. Um, I don't know how much home court's going to matter. I'll tell you this, that the Celtics are 5-4 and four in the postseason in Boston, so it's not like they're dominating at all uh, in Boston when it comes to playing home games. So I think we still have a lot to learn in this series, and I think Game 3 could obviously tell them. I don't even think Game 3. I think you need two more games to figure out what this is. If they play two more games identical to what they just played, I'll still be incredibly confused. Or, you know, maybe one it's going to lean one way or the other. I do think Boston's going to be a, a, a tough place uh, you know, obviously for the Warriors to play, but what, what do the Warriors care? They've been there. They've won championships before. Um, the best way I could put it is this. I think what the Warriors need, their defense in game two was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just watching them, like, this is a freaking clinic. This is literally the way you play defense. Clay Thompson, I- I'm curious, he's got to have a game or two where he goes off, and I think they need consistency from Andrew Wiggins. For the Celtics, their turnovers are so ugly. I think they had 19 of them yesterday, 33 Warrior points um, on their turnovers. I don't know where they're getting their buckets from. There's nothing really consistent. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, somebody else needs to score. Um, so I, I think we still got a lot to learn in this finals. I'm enjoying it. I don't know how you guys are feeling. When I say I'm enjoying it, I'm trying to just watch some good basketball series tied at one apiece. Okay, back on tomorrow with Travis Rogers. Uh, we'll get a chance to continue to talk Lakers basketball. We'll get into this Aaron Donald deal that just went down as well. Obviously, that's big news. We'll talk uh, Dodgers baseball. As for the Lakers, uh, do me a favor, Laker fans. All you got to do is download the app, ESPN LA. You can catch Lakers talk. All the content that I put up goes up on that channel, so feel free to uh, catch all the stuff that we're doing on uh, on Lakers talk. Uh, thank you to Laura Romo. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. 
Thank you to everybody that called into the show. As always, L.A., have a great rest of your night.